0: You're such a good God and you love us so much and that we can come freely to worship you and all the expressions of who we are, Lord. And uh, we thank you for your presence here and we ask for more of you, Lord, that we would go from this place knowing that we have met with you, that the veil is torn and that we can come into your presence, that you're in us and we're in you, Lord, and there's nothing, nothing separating us, Lord. We thank you that we are righteous before you, that you forgive us and cleanse us. And draw us close to you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Um, this morning I want to um, speak about restitution. And uh, I've, I've had fun preparing this message because um, I like that we get our stuff back. Where we have been stolen from, where we may have struggled with things, or before we came to know Jesus, that, you know, the stuff that has happened. And I like the word restitution because it means compensation. It means full compensation. It means restoration. It means, it means, it means sevenfold in actual fact. And I'm going to read with you. If um, you turn to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 31, it's in the middle of your Bibles. Proverbs 6 verse 31, it says, yet, I'll read the whole verse for you if you like. Oh, everything's falling down today. We're going to flick through quite a few verses today because I, and on your seat, if you've got, got it on your seat, there's actually a little... God's guarantee, promises for you. Has everybody got one of those? If you haven't got one, look around you and there should be one on, on the seat near you. Mum, you might have some behind you. But I want you to take that home with you because that is our promises. That's our kick butt word of God. It's as to put in our hand. It's as to you. So I want you to put that in your pocket, in your Bible, in your wallet. Do not go from this place without that because that's your sword. That's what we fight with. That's how we get restitution. So I want to just draw attention to that before um, I carry on but verse 31 says it talks about the thief and if he steals to satisfy himself when he's starving you know you don't despise him but when he is found he must restore sevenfold he may have to give up all of the substance of his house but he has to return what he has stolen sevenfold that's the bible and when God says that, and he talks quite a lot about restoration and restitution, he means it. And when he repeats himself, you can know that he's trying to draw attention to something. When you see in the word something repeated over and over and over again, God's blink, 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 take notice of this. And it's over and over in God's word, and we're going to go through it, how the devil is a thief. And that he has to restore not just what he stole, but sevenfold. When a thief comes to steal and he, he has found out, and that's the key, when he's found out, he must restore not just what he stole, but sevenfold. Isn't that good? You're going to get excited with this message. You are. I know you're just, you know, getting excited in the inside, but you're going to go, yes, at the end. Amen. Okay, we are actually living in a season of restitution. It's compensation for the loss at a certain point at time. And we're living in a season of restitution. If there are things that you did not receive at the time and realise, because the word says, when the thief is found out. If there's things that you did not receive at the time and you realise, then don't settle for not having them. Do not settle for less. God is into restitution and we can get in line with what heaven is about. We have to actually sometimes just, you know, we're over here, grumbling, grumbling, why did God let that happen to me? You need to get in line with heaven and heaven is about restitution. All through the words you see it, restitution, restitution, sevenfold, giving back and God is into restitution. But we've got to get ourselves sometimes out of our little puddle because we get ourselves in little puddles and then if you don't get in a puddle and you don't get out of that puddle, it turns into a hole and then it's hard to climb out of. If you come from where I come from, a puddle, if it sits there for too long, it becomes a big fat hole. You've got to get out of the puddle and get in, in line with heaven. Amen? Okay? So, if there has been confining, lost, you missed out, delay, then the time now is to stand for restitution. It's not a time to grieve over what was lost but to identify the thief. Identify the thief. The devil, he tries to negotiate. He'll try to negotiate out you out of what is rightfully yours. And he will try to, you know, um, go, oh, well, you can just have this much. Or, oh, I'm being greedy. You know, you get all these sorts at you. Or it's like he negotiates with us. And anybody had something stolen or you've missed out on something, there would have been a negotiation going on. And you let go. You let go and you get pressured and you let go. The devil always tries to negotiate. And I'm warning you now that if you get hold of what I'm saying this morning and you start to go, I'm going to get in line with heaven and that stuff is mine and devil, you've got to let go, he will try and negotiate with you. He will try and negotiate. He'll negotiate on your healing. He'll negotiate on your, on your finances. He'll negotiate with your family members. He will try and negotiate. So I'm giving you a little heads up. Do not negotiate. He is, the, he is the first terrorist ever about. And we do not negotiate with terrorists. And he takes people hostages. He's the first ever terrorist. Don't negotiate with him. Amen? I'm just going to get a little bit feisty. I'll preach myself happy and you can just, you know, come along for the ride. <laughs> We are not to be in hunker down mode, waiting for the next hit. Too often, life throws stuff us at us, and we go, oh, what's going to happen next? And we just say, right, we're just going to stand here and wait for it. We can handle it, we can handle it. And we hunker down. Do not do that because that's what the enemy wants. He wants you on the defensive, waiting for him to come and hit. And we're supposed to be in the offensive. We're the overcomers. We have the power of God. We have the sword in our hands. Just need to learn how to use it. So no hunkering down, waiting for the next hit, because sometimes we go, oh, what else is going to happen? How many times do we say that? What next? Oh, Murphy's Law, bad things come in the runs of three. Sometimes we do the devil's work for him, but what comes out of our mouth? Life and death is in the power of the tongue, the Bible says. So don't get into the hunker down mode. What's going to happen next? I will not agree with you. I'll talk about that later. You know, God's word is all about restitution. The lost sheep, the lost coin, the prodigal son, all those things about God restoring. And I just want to talk for a minute because I actually read something last night that really was like shocked me. You know, you hear something that you don't really realise it's real out there, but that there is Christians. And if you're in this room and you're thinking, and you think this, and I just want to bring some correction by the word on this. There is Christians who actually don't believe that the devil was real, that he's not a real entity. They believe that he's just like, um, you know, our sin is a form of, of, of you know, um, embodying what a- evil is, and so it's out of our sinful hearts. And so they don't believe there's actually a devil. They don't believe in Satan, Lucifer, you know, any of that. And so guess what? The devil has a great time. Now, the word is very clear that there is a devil. There is demons. There is good and there is bad. There is a supernatural realm. And, and the church has been hoodwinked. And there is people out there saying there is no devil. And they believe in God and they believe Jesus and the Son of God, but they've missed that. And I just want to bring some correction because you've got to identify the thief to get restitution. You've got to know who your enemy is. A battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities in the spiritual realm. And, you know, we can go, oh, you're all airy-fairy spiritual, but we like to compartmentalise our life. This is a physical, this is emotional, this is a physical realm, you know, but there is a supernatural realm that comes in and affects life. And so I want to just remind you of that, You know, Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Jesus referred to the devil, he dealt with him. He's a thief. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. There you go. Jesus named him. When you catch the thief and find him out, he must restore sevenfold. Jesus told us who the thief is the thief is the devil. He said he called him the thief. John, verse 8 verse, John chapter 8 verse 44, Jesus says, He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. So Jesus calls the devil a thief, a destroyer, a robber, a murderer and a liar. He's a father of lies. We've got to know who our enemy is. 1 John 3, 9 says, The devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Yeah? Now that's a kick-butt scripture because Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. And if we don't name him and spot him out and go, there you are. Give me my stuff back. He will just merrily go along. And we've got to know who our thief is. And Jesus says very clearly in the Word, Hebrews verse, chapter 2, verse 14, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. If you are bound, if you know people that are bound up, You know who the thief is. You know who the murderer is. You know who that one, it is lying to people is. You know who is lying to you. It is your enemy. Your battle is not against what you can see around you by the people. It's actually spiritual forces that are happening around us all the time. And we need to know who the thief is. And Jesus very clearly told us the devil is a thief. He's a steal, he robs and he destroys. And if you've had things destroyed and had things taken off you, then you know where your enemy is. And we've got to wake up, wake up to what is happening around us. Amen. Jesus dealt with demons. If you look through Matthew chapter eight, Mark chapter five, and Luke chapter eight, they all talk about Jesus dealing with a demon. That was and it's the account of the man who was possessed. He was in chains. He rang around in the cemetery and the tombs, and then hid in the caves. And and they tied him with chains and they. And they could not bind him. I love this story because Jesus actually got on a boat and travelled over to the region where this man was. And he came running down and, and started to yell at him. And Jesus actually just told, told the demons to go. And they, and they said, can we go into that herd of pigs? And, and Jesus said, all right, then off you go. And the pigs, all, there was a legion of demons in that man. There was a lot of them. And they fled into the pigs and the pigs all went over the cliff. And, but Jesus, you know what? And the man, when all the townspeople came about to see him, the man was fully clothed and in his right mind and he wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus said, no, you go and tell what I have done. And then he got back in the boat and went to the other side again. Jesus came all the way over to that side of the the lake just for that one man. So don't you believe the liar, the devil, when he says that you are, you're not important. God's not interested in you. If Jesus will come from one side of the lake in his boat and come over with all the disciples, it was not an easy trip. Get out of that boat, set a man free that was bound, set him on his way, restored and full of life, and then get back in that boat to go off on his way. Just for one, he will do it for you. That's the truth. So do not believe the lie of the enemy that you are not important because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he does for one, he will do for another. Amen, he says he will heal all who come to him. Preaching myself happy. How you going? All right. Restitution. There is four points. Thanks, honey. There's four points. First, you've got to despise the enemy. Get mad. When you spot where you have been stolen from, where you have been deceived, where you have just sat back and let things be stolen from you. You know, I tell my kids if you have presents under the Christmas tree and somebody comes to try and nick your presents or take what, you know, somebody else takes your gift, what are they going to do? Oi, that's mine. They're not going to sit there. You watch kids, they're not going to sit there and let somebody else open their present. Would you let your sibling do that? Who has siblings? Yeah, I'll tell you what, my kids, if, if one of them gets their present, they're going to be tackling them to get it. They'll be squealing. And we need to be like that is to go, oi, enough. Get mad at our enemy. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against spiritual principalities and powers, against the devil and his hordes, the demons. And so if you can see, you know, Lord showed me a couple of months ago and he said, go back through your journals. And I journal, so I've got journals from way back in the 80s. And uh, it's interesting what you, okay? And I can see my life story and my walk with God there and where I learned to hear God's voice because I wrote down what I felt I was hearing and then God would do it. And so I learnt that way by writing down um, in my quiet times with him. But God would say something and where I missed out, where I didn't get the promise, something happened something big happened, like I would, there would be a loss, there would be an attack, there would be pressure put on, God would give me a promise and something awesome, that I'm going to do this for you, this is my will for you, this is what I want to do, and then the next couple of entries would be, bang, pressure put on me, something would happen, somebody would die, there would be lack, there'd be a massive, you know, the car would break down, there would be something going on to put pressure on that promise, and where I missed out, God said, I want you to go back through your journals and write down all the places, where I promised you something, where I spoke to you, where you knew it was me and you didn't have it happen at that time. Write a list because I want to bring restitution. Amen. 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 I got excited because I have a long list because, you know, you go on and your daily walk and you go, you just get through one, you hunker down, just get through one hit and the next hit. And I've had some hits. And you, and you let go of what God says because you're just managing. And God is into restitution. So go back. Go back through your life and say, Holy Spirit, remind me of where I have had loss, where, where I have had things stolen because God wants to bring restitution. And he will bring it in different ways. He will bring it to us in different ways. But he is into restitution and the devil has to give up our stuff. He has to, if you name him. So first you've got to get mad at him. Then you've got to find him out. So ask the Holy Spirit, where is it that I've missed out? Where is it that things have been stolen? And the Holy Spirit, he'll tell you, bang, 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 there and there and there and there. And he'll show you. And you need to ask him to search through the areas of our lives where we've been stolen from. And then get feisty. You're allowed to get mad. We are not to be passive. Turn to the person next to you and said, I can get feisty. That doesn't sound very feisty. Say it again. I can get feisty. You can get mad at the thief. Look, I know some of you, if you had something stolen off you, you would get mad. Ken, he would be jumping up and down, wouldn't you? You would not be impressed. We can get feisty. When the devil comes to put pressure on you to steal your house, to steal and cause trouble on your finances, to steal and rob and destroy in your family, you can get mad. Yeah? When he comes to put pressure on your body and cause illness, you can get mad. You can step on that sacra and say, you get off of me. And you've got to be like that. Get feisty. When he comes to attack your emotions or your mental state, you can get mad because it comes from a enemy the thief who comes to kill and rob and destroy he is a murderer and a liar from the beginning and Jesus named him he named him for that is what he did amen so you can get mad you can get feisty you find them out because you ask the Lord to show you go back through some of you it's not going to take very long you'll be able to look yesterday you know we can look yesterday and go stole that day from me stole that moment from me get mad because he has to give back sevenfold that's something to get excited about. <laughs> then you catch him. Matthew chapter 12. Why not you turn with that to me? Because I want you to know where it is in the word because the word is our weapon of warfare. Matthew chapter 12 verse 29. Well, how can, we, how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house? And Jesus says, He who is not with me is against me and who does not gather with me scatters abroad. But he's talking about... That if you, if you can, in the sense of what we're talking about, when you find out, when you realise that you've been stolen from, then you need to go and bind the enemy. Now, he can be a strong man because we've got to know how to deal with him. He, will, he is evil he, and he is, he is out to take people down. And we've got to understand that he has power, but he has not the power. He has power. Don't underestimate what he is capable of. But you do not have to fear him when you walk in the word and with God's power. Jesus said he came to give us fullness and abundant life. He said that he will clothe us with power. And we've got the word of God, which is living and active, and God will back it up. So we do not have to be afraid of the strong man. We're just going to know that he has power, but we have the power. So you go and you bind him. When you see what he has done, you're able to go into the strong man's house and bind him. And he's got to give up his stuff. And I'm going to talk about that two, two keys of how we pray in a minute. But I just want to go through these. And then you summon him. So you despise what the enemy has done. You find him out where he has done it in your life. You catch him, apprehend him, seize him and bind him. And then you summon him. You say you've got to pay sevenfold. Proverbs six thirty one: If the thief is caught, he must pay sevenfold. And you can stand on the word; you can bank on that. He must pay up, and you put pressure on him until he does. Now, I had this picture when I was like going to sleep last night of, you know, like footy, and uh, and you have the you know you got your teammate and they're running with the ball. You're running with the ball, and it's like somebody shepherds. Yeah? Steve and Ken, come here for a minute. <laughs> We're going to just do a little footy illustration. I won't have you run at each other, although that would have been fun. All right, who wants to shepherd? <laughs> right, you're running with the ball. Go from down there. Run with the ball. So you're going to run towards us. Now, Steve, you're going you're to shepherd. So he's running. Now shepherd, shepherd, shepherd. Bumping. <laughs> Okay, you don't know what shepherding You know what shepherding is. All right, you run with the ball. Now you shepherd. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that's been gentle. Do it again for me. <laughs> yeah, now good. Now pretend you're an Eagles player and get feisty, please. <laughs> I know. Right, run. Better. <laughs> now that's how you shepherd. Thank you, Vice. Now... If it was a Collingwood, you know, an eagles and, and we were shepherding, then we would bump that dude right off and he'd be flat on the ground. Ground, But, you know, it was a Dockers. So. Um, but that is what it means to put pressure on, is that when we summon him and we see the thief coming, we name and you pin that dude to the ground, you say, you are not running with my stuff. He's got the ball and he's running with your stuff. He's running with your stuff. You come in there and you go, boom, stick an elbow into our thief and get him splat on the ground, put your foot on his head your eyes be nice <laughs> and 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 stick it to him because he's a thief and he's running off with our stuff come on he's running off with our stuff he's got our ball he's got our life he's got our stuff and you're standing there going oh he's running very fast <laughs> get some feisty and you pretend you're a footy player and grab him and shepherd him and bump him and say no more and and you know just pin him to the ground does that make sense? And take the ball. <laughs> yeah? We gotta, we've got to despise him. We've got to find him out. We've got to catch him. And we've got to summon and say, pay up. Give me my stuff. Amen? You won't forget now. <laughs> this word summon means demand attendance of. It is a word that is authority behind it. Once a summons is served to a thief, the Bible says that he must pay sevenfold. It's not an option of the thief to pay. He must pay back. It is something he has to concede to. It is non-negotiable. And you look through the word in Exodus and in Leviticus and in Proverbs, it talks about it as he must pay up. And that is a spiritual principle here. He must pay up. When God says it more than once, he wants to draw attention to it. He must pay up. And he has named the he as the devil. The devil must pay up and he must pay sevenfold. And you know what? He won't give up unless you put pressure on him and bump that sucker down. He will not give up. You've got to bind the strong man and summon him and say, that's my stuff, give it up. Give it up. Amen? It's full compensation, full restoration from the devil. It is not enough that the devil restores what he's stolen from us. He has to give us all the substance of his house. He has to give us all the goods of his house you know what? The goods of his house are only what he has stolen. It's only what he has stolen. And he's only stolen it from when Jesus, because Jesus went down and took back the keys and took back authority and took back everything belongs to us and took it back and emptied out his house. So guess what? It's only that stuff that the devil has stolen from us since then. Because Jesus took back everything for us and so he's just been filling up his house with stuff. He's been filling up his house with our goods. He's been filling up his house with souls. And it's time we got feisty. It's time we woke up because he's been filling up with our staff, our people, our our lives. And he's been filling up his house. And Isaiah 45 verse 3. Now you can give a shout when I read this. And it says, I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. Jesus says he will give you the secret treasures and hidden things that the devil has pinned away in darkness. He says, I will give them back to you. That's something to get excited about. The stuff that the enemy is hidden away, and the people that he is sucked in, that he has to let them go. When we put pressure on him, when we tackle him, when we find him out, and when we when we name him, and when we say, "Give it up," he has to. But you've got to know your authority and bow, and you know stand on the word of God because that's what he has to answer to. He has to answer to the word, and he has to bow and get down on the floor, he's under our feet, when a Christian stands up and say, give me back my stuff. Give me back the people. Give me back the people in my street. You get your hands off. You bind him and you summon him and say, let go. Amen? See? Right. Now, I want to just run through, as I finish, how we do that. Because it's one thing to find it out. It's another way how we actually do that in everyday life. So it starts with prayer. And prayer is not some little, oh, you know, please God, la, la, la. It's actually how we get feisty. It's how we do battle. It is the powerhouse of how we how we operate as Christians. And so the word is the first thing. And 1 John 3, 22 and chapter 5, verse, all the scriptures, I can send them to you, connect group leaders if you want, And um, but... There's a lot of scriptures that talk about prayer and about standing on the word. It says, prayer that brings results must be based on God's word. We should start with the answers to our prayer. God, Jesus, don't, don't be speaking the problem, speak the answer. And, Jesus, and John 15 verse 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. That's your, that's your promise. You can stand on that. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you need, whatever you desire, and it will be done for you. The Bible contains over 7,000 promises. How many? 7,000 promises, which include wisdom and health and wealth and success and how to kick that sorry devil's butt. 7,000 promises. And we leave that, we leave it, all those promises, on the shelf all week. Or in our car or we don't open it up. And this is how we get restitution. The first step is we got to know the word and know what's ours. This is a will and testament. It's your will. If you had somebody die and you never opened up the will to find out that you had an inheritance, how dumb are you? You wouldn't get it, would you? This is Jesus' will and testament to us. This is the 7,000 promises to us. This is our stuff in here. Open it up, find them and say, give me back my stuff. Yes. Amen. It's the will and testament of Jesus. He's done it. He's done all he's ever done. You go and get your stuff. You go and get your life, how Jesus died to give it to us. But the first thing you've got to do is get into the word and find out what's yours. Find out what you can stand on. The second thing we've got to do is forgive before we begin to pray. Mark chapter 11 says, As when we stand praying, forgive. When you stand praying, forgive. This is vital in your prayer life. You must forgive everyone who has offended you. Jesus didn't say, I'll oh, forgive in six weeks. Forgive when you feel like it. When you feel better, he says, When you come to pray, forgive. Galatians 5 verse 6 says that the Bible says faith works by love. If you're operating with an unforgiving heart, your prayer life will be paralyzed. And that's what the devil wants. He will cause people to offend you. He will cause things to come and try to hurt you. Because remember, he's a thief and he's a liar. And he knows that if you're walking in unforgiveness, that your prayers are not powerful and effective. God says, just forgive, let it go. Don't let any more stuff be stolen from you. So just let it go. If it comes back to mind, you say, I bind that thought in the name of Jesus. I take it captive. I pull that thought down and I have forgiven. You may not feel it, but you choose to forgive and then your prayers are powerful and effective. Amen. The first step is know what's in the word. Know your 7,000 promises and you apply them to your life. The second is make sure you're walking in forgiveness. If, it ca- if you're forgiven, if you say, Lord, I forgive and it comes back up, just forgive again. 70 times 7. Just forgive over and over and take the thoughts captive because the enemy, he despires things, a battlefield of the mind. of Oh, that person did that. Do you remember that? Oh, blah, 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 blah. Just say, I take that thought captive. I pull that down and make it come in obedience to the cross. Jesus died for that. I am not going to be under that thing. I'm above that. Okay? And then, and then you just say, Thank you, Lord, that I walk in forgiveness. Thank you that I have no offense in me. Thank you that my prayers are powerful and effective. Thank you that I'm giving my stuff back. And speak it out. Because when you're speaking it out, your brain has to come in line with what you're saying out of your mouth. You know, it's powerful to actually say Because your mind has to come, the thought life has to come in line with what you're speaking. That's why it's so important, our confession. Speak it out. Don't just say it in your head. Speak it out and then you can't have this blah, 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 blah going. It has to come in line with what you're saying. It's a powerful tool. Okay, the word says that we are to have petitions of him. So the first point, and I've only got two more, is the prayer of petition and supplication. The word petition and supplication as a formal request addressed to a higher power. And it's Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be moan unto God. God wants you to come and petition him for what you have had stolen because the heaven works, and you've got to get a line with heaven, heaven works as a courtroom. And if you've had gone into the heavenly realms a little bit, you understand this a little bit more, but it says it in the Bible that you can come boldly to the throne of grace. Hebrews 4, verse 16, you can come boldly to the throne of grace to receive what you need, grace and your time of need. So you can come to God, but you come to God with a petition and supplications. Now, this is how you do this because sometimes we get a bit willy-nilly and we forget what we've prayed. So I'm gonna encourage you, this is how we petition him. It's like if you obtained an audience with the Premier, all right? And after you went through the proper channels, you'd enter his office and you wouldn't enter without being prepared to what you want to say, would you? You'd have what you want to say ready. You'd have it all written down. You'd get your speech ready. And you would have, you would have your ideas formulated and the argument settled in your own lo- mind long before you obtained an audience with him, wouldn't you? Yeah? And you, and you wouldn't just waltz in and go, Oh, whatever. You would think about what you want to say. And that's how we are to come to the throne of grace with our petitions and supplications to God. We are to know what we're going to say. We've got to know what we're thinking. We've got to know what's been stolen from us, find out the thief and bring it to the throne of grace and enter the court before God the judge and father like that. That's what it means to petition. That's what it means to come to the throne of grace. Can you picture that? Because that's actually what's happening in the heavenly rounds is that there is a court and you come in and you have your petitions written down. So you write down according to the word. So if it's for healing and you're petitioning God for your healing, then you would go through your 7,000 promises and find the ones that pertain to healing. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. First Peter 2.24. Exodus 15.26. He is the Lord who heals me. Matthew, where he healed all who came to him. Go through the word. I tell you what, when you have a petition, you've got to figure out what the word says and it'll get us not be so lazy. If you're feeling really lazy, Google All the words on healing. If you really want some help, message me and I'll send you all the scriptures on healing or you look on the pieces of paper that they've given you. So write down the petition if it's for finances. If it's for loved ones, if it's for your marriage, if it's for family members, if it's for a better job, go to the Word and find out what your promise are and then write it down and bring it to the throne and say, Lord God, according to your Word and because of the blood of Jesus, I can petition you and ask that you work on my behalf. And you know what happens? He calls in the enemy. He calls in the enemy to the court. He calls in the demons to the court and he deals with them. And it says, because that's what it means to whatever is bound in heaven is bound on earth. Whatever is loosed in heaven is loosed on earth. So if he binds the demon, if he binds your thief because you brought the word and then it is done in heaven, what is done, it's done on earth. Do you understand how powerful it is to know how to go about the word? So petition, go to the word, find out what the thief has stolen from you. Go to the word and then summon the thief into the court. Yeah, it's powerful. Things get released when that happens. We're down there praying, praying, praying. Go up to the court in prayer. Enter by faith and say, Lord, you said that I can come boldly to your throne of grace. I have my petitions here. They're your word and speak. Can you see that? Because that's what the word says. And then you, you keep on speaking that word. You keep on speaking out what you have brought. It says that we can come to him and that you're washed and you are worthy to come before God and petition him and he will deal with the thief because of the blood of Jesus. Do you understand that? We all got that. Rod your heads. <laughs> the other part of it is that we have the prayer of binding and loosing and that's the, that's the last point, is that God actually intends for his church to stand up and police and govern what is happening down here on earth so when you come to him you can bind and loose and so matthew chapter 12 verse 29 talks about that he says you enter the strong man's house and spoil his goods and you have to bind the strong man and i talked about that before so bind the enemy where you can see him working and enforce your authority when you know that it's been dealt with you know that that stuff is yours bind him go god this is what my petition is and then bind that strong man and if he keeps on coming up you say you're bound don't allow him to sneak back in. He is a slippery sucker and he will cry and sneak back into your life. He'll try and bring sickness again where you've been healed. He'll try and bring loss and depression where you have been set free because of what the Word says. You've got to stand up against him. And if you're having trouble doing it by yourself, get your husband, get your wife, get your connect group to stand with you. Get your family members to say, this is what I'm petitioning. This is what I've gone to into the heavenly realms and stood before God for. And then get somebody to stand with you. Yeah, because he will try and come. You know, Philip and I are running couch to 5Ks at the moment. And a lot of you know that I was healed from a disease in my knees and I was radically healed from one day to the next. I was totally free from pain. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so, but I was running and I'm running along and I'm saying, thank you, Lord, I'm healed. You know what? Bang, straight away, I get this pain in my knee. And I'm like, oh, for heaven's sake. You know, it's like, get, and I just didn't even stop running. I just put my hand on my leg and say, get off. Get off in the name of Jesus. I'm healed from that. Bang, the pain goes. You know, don't let him come and try and steal from you. Oh, I mustn't have been healed. Oh, I mustn't be able to run anymore. Oh, I mustn't be able to do that. Oh, I mustn't be able to. Because he will steal from you if you let him. Now, that is not positive thinking. That is spiritual stuff. Yeah? Because I know that I was healed, but the enemy, he tries to come in and steal something from me that God said, you can run now. So don't get sucked into his, his way of doing things. So first of all, you, you go to the word, then you forgive, make sure you're walking in forgiveness, then bring your petition before God and he will deal with the thief on your behalf because of Jesus, and then bind and loose. When you see, you know, you've got the power to loose what has been, what has been released in heaven. When, the enemy, when Jesus deals with the enemy and in the court, when you've petitioned God and he's been dealt with, then loose it on, on earth. Go, thank you, Lord, that that's been dealt with and release what God has done for you. You understand, you release what God has done. When he, you say, thank you, Lord, that I'm healed, thank you that I'm set free, then release that down in here. Yeah? You might have to listen to the message again if you're not getting it all, but that's, that's how we do it. And it's like the enemy has to give up our stuff. He has to let go when you do that. When you name him, when you find him out, when you summon him, when you catch up with him and then you summon him, he has to give back your stuff. He has to give back your life. His house has to be plundered. He has to be plundered. You know, Otherwise, there's people that are going to go to hell because we're sitting here not plundering his house. You know, You're going to get to heaven and you're going to look back and go, I could have had all that. I could have had all that. Um, I missed out. And God doesn't want that for us. So don't let your stuff be stolen. Go and plunder the devil's house and make him give up his treasures. Make him give up your family members. Make him give up on your finance attack. Make him give up on hassling you in your house. Make him give up. And he has to let go. He has to. Because he is the thief and Jesus named him as the thief and he has to let go according to the word. Amen. It's a season of restitution, but it's time we woke up as believers and got feisty and found them out and made them give it up. Yeah, let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that you are such a good God. I thank you for your word, which is powerful. I thank you that you are alert and active, watching over it to do it. That not one word that you have spoken returns to your void, but accomplishes what you set it forth to do and prospers in it, Lord. I thank you that as I've spoken this word today, Lord, that the thief is having to give up our stuff. Lord, that you are the overcomer. Because of the blood of Jesus, you say that we are overcomers. And devil... I'm just going to send you a message. You're going to have, you give up your, our stuff. Thank you, Jesus, that we have the victory. And I just speak to everybody's lives here in, in the name of Jesus. And where there is stuff, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would show each person here where they've been stolen from, where they've been missed out, where they've had things that, that you want to restore, that you want to bring restitution. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would make us get mad that you will make us get feisty and make us put some pressure and, sh- and just bump that enemy right out of our life and out of our family's life and out of our loved one's life because we have the victory and we have the authority, Lord. I pray that this word would, would sink deep down into our hearts, that it would not be stolen and it would bear fruit in our lives. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.